Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of electrolyte disturbances from the renal section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 22-year-old man is brought to the emergency department by his friend after witnessing him fall to the ground and shaking his upper and lower extremities. His friend reports that he prevented the patient from hitting his head. Prior to developing this symptom, the patient felt numbness in his hands and feet, muscle cramps, and mild palpitations. Medical history is significant for DeGeorge syndrome. On physical exam, there is facial muscle twitching with ipsilateral tapping of the facial nerve anterior to the ear. An electrocardiogram shows QTC prolongation. Laboratory testing is significant for an ionized calcium level of 4.0 mg per deciliter. This is a case of provoked seizure secondary to hypocalcemia. Let's now get into the topic. Let's discuss five different electrolyte disturbances, their low serum concentration symptoms, and their high serum concentration symptoms. The first is sodium. Sodium's low serum concentration symptoms are stupor, coma, seizures, nausea, and malaise. Sodium's high serum concentration symptoms are stupor, coma, and seizure. Next is potassium. Potassium's low serum concentration symptoms are palpitations, paresthesias, muscle weakness, and U-waves and flattening T-waves. Potassium's high serum concentration symptoms are palpitations, arrhythmias, paresthesias, muscle weakness, and peaked T-waves and widened QRS. Next is calcium. Calcium's low serum concentration symptoms are seizures, tetany, twastex sign, trousseau sign, and QTC prolongation. Twastex sign involves ipsilateral facial muscle contraction caused by tapping the facial nerve. Trousseau sign involves carpopedal spasms by inflating the sphygmomanometer above systolic blood pressure. Calcium's high serum concentration symptoms are nephrolithiasis, polyuria, muscle weakness, bone pain, abdominal pain secondary to bowel hypomotility and constipation, confusion, stupor, coma, shortened QTC interval, and all of this can be remembered using the mnemonic stones, bones, groans, thrones, and psychiatric overtones. Stones references renal, bones references pain, groans references abdominal pain, and thrones references increased urinary frequency, and psychiatric overtones references altered mental status. Next is magnesium. Magnesium's low serum concentration symptoms are tetany, torsades de points, hypokalemia, and hypocalcemia. Hypocalcemia occurs when there is significant hypomagnesemia, usually less than 1.2 milligrams per deciliter. And magnesium's high serum concentration symptoms are decreased deep tendon reflexes, bradycardia, cardiac arrest, and hypocalcemia. And the last electrolyte disturbance that we'll discuss today is phosphate. Phosphate's low serum concentration symptoms are osteomalacia and rickets. Phosphate's high serum concentration symptoms are nephrolithiasis, metastatic calcifications, and hypocalcemia.
Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 54-year-old man with a history of hypertension presents to his primary care provider for a routine follow-up. He states that over the past several weeks, he has noticed dull abdominal aching along with constipation. Additionally, he has noticed increased thirst. He has not noticed any acute pain, weight loss, and has not had any bloody bowel movements. The patient's temperature is 98.2 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 126 over 88 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 86 per minute and respirations are 12 per minute. The patient is alert and oriented. Breath sounds are clear to auscultation bilaterally in all fields. There is no tenderness to palpation on abdominal exam and bowel sounds are present. On neck exam, there is a palpable mass in the left neck that is non-tender to palpation. No cervical nodes are appreciated. Which of the following is another finding associated with this patient's condition? One, muscle cramps. Two, flank pain. Three, hyperactive deep tendon reflexes. Four, perioral tingling or 5. Prolonged QT interval. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2, flank pain. This patient with increased thirst, abdominal pain, and constipation in the setting of a neck mass likely has hypercalcemia due to parathyroid disease, which is also classically associated with nephrolithiasis and its resultant flank pain. Remember, hypercalcemia can be associated with a range of etiologies including parathyroid gland pathology, increased calcium or vitamin D intake, bone or renal disease, malignancy, and toxicities such as from thiazide diuretics. Symptoms of hypercalcemia fall into several broad categories including neuropsychiatric changes including anxiety, depression, and confusion, gastrointestinal tract changes including nausea, constipation, and abdominal pain, and renal issues including diabetes insipidus and nephrolithiasis. Typically, there are no consistent physical exam findings for hypercalcemia. Diagnostic workup involves first confirming the hypercalcemia by correcting for albumin and then measuring parathyroid hormone levels. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, Muscle cramps can be seen in a variety of electrolyte abnormalities including hypocalcemia, hyponatremia, and hyperkalemia. Hypercalcemia may be associated with generalized fatigue and muscle weakness but is not associated with muscle cramping or spasticity. Answer choice 3, hyperactive deep tendon reflexes can be due to a variety of causes including central nervous system pathology, thyroid dysfunction, or electrolyte disorders. It can be a sign of hypocalcemia, not hypercalcemia. Answer choice 4. Perioral tingling is a common symptom of hypocalcemia. Hypocalcemia can also be associated with extremity numbness or tingling and muscle spasticity. And finally, answer choice 5. A prolonged QT interval can be caused by several types of electrolyte imbalance, including hypocalcemia, hypokalemia, and hypomagnesemia. In summary, hypercalcemia is associated with changes in mood, fatigue, constipation, abdominal pain, 
and flank pain from nephrolithiasis. Next question. A 44-year-old woman is brought to the emergency department for confusion and lethargy for the past two hours. Per the husband, the patient was behaving weirdly and forgot how to get to the bathroom at her house. She was also difficult to arouse from her nap. The husband denies any fever, weight loss, headaches, dizziness, chest pain, or gastrointestinal changes. He reports that she had frequent diarrhea over the past three days, but attributed it to food poisoning. In the emergency room, the patient has a one-minute episode of seizure activity. Following initial resuscitation and stabilization, laboratory studies are performed and the results are as follows. The hemoglobin level is 13 grams per deciliter. The hematocrit is 38%. The leukocyte count is 7,600 per cubic millimeter with normal differential. The platelet count is 170,000 per cubic millimeter. The serum sodium level is 125 milliequivalents per liter. The chloride level is 90 milliequivalents per liter. The potassium level is 3.2 milliequivalents per liter. The bicarbonate level is 20 milliequivalents per liter. The BUN level is 22 milligrams per deciliter. The glucose level is 101 milligrams per deciliter. The creatinine level is 1.0 milligrams per deciliter. The thyroid stimulating hormone is 3.2 microunits per milliliter. The calcium level is 9.3 milligrams per deciliter. The AST level is 19 units per liter. And the ALT level is 22 units per liter. What is the most appropriate treatment for this patient? 1. Increase the serum potassium with potassium solution. 2. Increase the serum sodium slowly with hypertonic saline solution. 3. Increase the serum sodium slowly with normal saline solution. 4. Restrict fluids. Or 5. Start patient on maintenance anti-epileptic medications. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2. Increase the serum sodium slowly with hypertonic saline solution. This patient has severe hyponatremia as indicated by her sodium levels, confusion, lethargy, and seizures. In the case of hyponatremia with significant symptoms, for example seizures, patients are treated with hypertonic saline solution to slowly increase the serum sodium. Remember, hyponatremia describes the condition of low sodium concentration in the blood and is usually defined as a sodium concentration less than 135 millimoles per liter. The condition can result from various causes and is usually classified by the volume status. Low-volume hyponatremia can occur secondary to diarrhea, vomiting, diuretics, or sweating, for example with athletes. Normal-volume hyponatremia can result from drinking too much water, hypothyroidism, SIADH, and adrenal insufficiency. High-volume hyponatremia can occur from heart failure, liver failure, and kidney failure. Symptoms vary depending on the severity and can range from headaches and nausea to confusion, seizures, and coma. Treatment typically involves fluids to correct the sodium concentration slowly, usually 4 to 6 milliequivalents per liter over the first 24 hours, to avoid central pontine myelinosis. In patients with severe hyponatremia with symptoms such as confusion, convulsions, or coma, hypertonic saline is indicated. 
Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice one, increasing the serum potassium with potassium solution is correct in the sense that this patient is hypokalemic. However, her symptoms are not explained by a low potassium level and thus correcting the hypokalemia is not the best treatment for her current condition. Answer choice three, increasing the serum sodium slowly with normal saline solution is the usual standard of care in patients with hypovolemic hyponatremia. However, given this patient's severe symptoms, for instance, confusion and seizures, hypertonic saline solution is indicated. Answer choice four, restricting fluids is the treatment for SIADH, a type of euvolemic hyponatremia. This patient's hyponatremia likely resulted from fluid losses from her continuous diarrhea. And finally, answer choice five, starting the patient on maintenance anti-epileptic medications is probably not the best course of action as her seizures are likely secondary to hyponatremia. Correcting the underlying electrolyte balance will resolve the problem. In summary, patients who present with symptomatic hyponatremia marked by confusion, headache, and seizure can be treated with slow correction of serum sodium via either normal saline or hypertonic saline if severe symptoms are present. And that's all for this review about electrolyte disturbances. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.